welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number 9. And this is The Fool. This is where me and The Fool give our unqualified and unrequested ramblings on the various issues in the world of sport. Or something like that. Hello, everyone. We are back to our bread and butter and our original bread and butter, the FIFA World Cup. Uh, being held in Qatar. Um, yeah. Now, just a bit of a disclaimer: we did do this uh, earlier, and unfortunately, we had technical issues, and yeah. therefore, yes, we're doing it again. Yeah. Um, take two. Take two. Hopefully, this time it works. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. The listeners won't, won't know, and it's because they're listening yes. to take three. Yes. And then they might know. So. Yeah. So we had done a bit of a review of the group stages and mm-hmm. gone through a bit of the last third round in our earlier recording. Um, now, the third round of the group games were incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, we had, the, I think, the first time uh, three Asian teams make it to the second round with Australia, um, South Korea, and Japan, and all of them yeah. doing last day heroics to get yeah. through. So incredible performances from all of them. At one point, it looked like Costa Rica and Japan were going to get through, which was yeah, yeah. a historic result. But no, it's just, we say bye-bye to Germany and Spain are through. And I yeah. think, to be fair, Spain were better than Germany. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think um, that is fair. Uh, like at the beginning of the tournament, you and I both were like, it's a pity Japan's kits are not going to get through to the next round. and get to see them i think both of us were like hearts for that group was japan to advance but head said though as it turned out our hearts were right we should we just shouldn't like not listen to our hearts that that was the lesson i learned yes listen to your heart (laughs) (laughs) but yes my my apologies The, anyway, the results were uh, came back incredible. Uh, we already had Portugal and Brazil through to the next round, um, but both yeah. teams lost. Um, even though yeah. Cameroon did not get through, um, oh, he's so tra- close. Well, the fool here chased the dragon one last time, and they become the first team from Africa to defeat Brazil at the World yeah. Cup. So, still an incredible achievement for them. The other great achievement they had was that up until that game, Brazil in this World Cup had not had a shot on target. So neither Serbia or Switzerland had a shot on target against Brazil, and then Cameroon, I think, had four, um, including the goal. So yes, it was great work by um, Cameroon. And they were also very close to getting through. I watched watched the Cameroon-Brazil game and getting the updates through the Serbia-Switzerland game, and the Serbia-Switzerland game being... Very topsy turvy. Um, yes, made the the emotions of the Cameroon game that much more because they finally got yes. their goal, and then it was sort of just, is there going to be more from Serbia and Switzerland? Can Serbia upset this party? But no, it was Switzerland held on, which gave it Brazil Switzerland through, and as say, despite the greatness of defeating Brazil, Cameroon get dumped out of the world. Yes, but I think we. I th- I think at the end of the day, it's a fair result because yeah, yeah. I think Switzerland were worthy of getting through to the next round. Oh, it would have um, been very sad if they'd stumbled at the last, the last hurdle, and hadn't yeah. made it out. Like, they were clearly yeah, yeah. I agree. they're the, the second best team in that group and should yes, certainly go through. So yeah. Um, as much as you and I both love Cameroon yeah. and Dragon, they make us chase every World Cup and every Africa. every time. Every time. <laughs> We're like, oh, come on, one more time. Cameroon, let's bring the band back together. <laughs> It'll be like Samuel Eto'o and Roger Miller all over again. <laughs> exactly. So they did go and give us also, I think, it's the only red card of the tournament so far. There was a red the... card at that Wales game, wasn't there? The red card? Oh, sorry, you're right. No, Wales, the Wales keeper also got the second break of the... Um, in there, but, yeah, yeah, I was sure there was another red card. I wasn't no, sure. Was. Yeah. 
I mean, we can't say that they did that the Welsh did not make an impact in their return from oh. 1954. Um, <laughs> of the teams that were relic, uh, quote unquote, sent back home, who yeah. are you the saddest to see go? Um. Listen, they played saddest. well, got unlucky. Saddest. Oof, this is a really I sad feel one a bit for Canada. I think yeah. Canada. Canada's sad, but I mean, they did. Yeah, they had three unlucky losses. And that's never going to. Yeah, I was sort of thinking, maybe Mexico because they of the kit, of the kit. But also they played one awesome game, one poor game, and then the the last, the third game, or well, the first game was sort of mediocre. So I mean, it was all sort yeah. of their fault, but at the same time they. Yeah. That last game against Saudi Arabia was so good. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite good enough. I agree. I also think I was a bit sad that Saudi Arabia couldn't also get through, yeah. um, as of the um, uh, the they were just needed another win and they couldn't make it. Um, mm. I felt a bit bad for Iran as well. They they showed a lot of courage, like real yeah. courage, in the face of adversity for what's happening in their country yeah, yeah. and they decided some things are more important than football like something i would never do for example <laughs> yeah no. um that was amazing um, and they almost still went through despite that terrible uh, first game um i also yeah. felt bad for the qataris players i think they were will get a lot of cheers and people you know uh be because of the geopolitical situation with this world yeah, yeah. cup thing but it's, you know, I think it's important to separate the players from the other yes. things associated with the World Cup. They're here to play yeah. football, like they've worked hard as athletes to, you know, do their country proud. And unfortunately, because of COVID, they haven't had the opportunity to get the games into the team yeah. to get through to the, uh, get through to the, uh, next round, and or even get a win. I think, be, yeah. given the circumstances, that the people of Qatar would have been happy with even just a single win in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but because there was a lot of vibes of USA '94 team, which basically they, you know, they were like a bit like a club side in many ways because Bora Mutovic uh, went and kept them aside and they all stay, st uh, stayed in the one camp and went on to, you know, they trained together, worked together and then you know, yeah. we, they managed to uh, beat Colombia and uh, get a draw against uh, Switzerland and make it to the second round. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, lost to Brazil in the 4th of July, but no one's going to complain about that. Like, it's Brazil, yeah. they won the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. You lost to Brazil. Like, oh no, oh no. Who, who could have predicted that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I think... I feel like that would have been more... were justified as a thing, like, you know, for these players. Like, because they'd have worked hard. They have actually gone through the gauntlet. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. went way E and won that Asia Cup. Yeah. Um, and maybe, unfortunately, that gave everybody in Qatar a bit more of an expectation on them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, you're right, they had done done well as a team and had yeah. yeah. And as you're right, like the Qatar team should be separated out from the rest of the Qatar stuff. Of the World yes. Cup committee there, of everything that's gone into it, all the, the government and everything else. Like the football team itself is the football team. And yes. yeah. Maybe and they probably did deserve better than than what they got. You know, three losses. Yeah. Only one goal for... That's the other thing. They only scored the one goal. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of the programs Qatar did, you can look at, take a very cynical view of it, but they've, it has actually produced a very decent local league and a local group of players. And yeah. the Football Dreams project, which they said was basically a um, charity, and the people who got you know went through the football dreams project wouldn't wouldn't be forced to play for Qatar it would be up to them and it turns out it's true because 
there were two uh, two other players in the tournament who came in through the uh, football right. dream project, and yep, they represented Senegal, and so they right, did. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, so they did. Uh, it's easy to be cynical, but they yeah, they did do what they said. It w what it said it was going to do on the can. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, can't really ask for anything else, right? They yeah. can, yeah. They can have an academy, and they can have people come, you know, do their football stuff here at in Qatar. Is you know, exactly the same. They they said, look, we're not going to force anybody to play for Qatar. Like it will be there'll be choices at some point, and some people chose, and some people didn't. So that's hey, it did what it said on the can. You can't really complain to them for that. Exactly. Um, so I think I hope for the sake of the academy, because it does seem like by all, by all accounts it is a very, it does do a lot of good work uh, developing yeah, yeah. footballers around the world. They don't give it up, um, and it continues because it could be one of the actual really good legacies coming out of the tournament yeah. for for both the country and everybody else involved. Yeah, which would be good. It'd be good to have. It's always. Yeah. Good to have some positives coming out of the World Cup. Yeah. World Cups. Other than breed. like, yeah. Other than certain people getting richer, there should be other benefits yeah. to the World Cups. <laughs> yeah, World Cups tend to breed better, um, quote unquote, benefits for some, but in terms of actual global positives or, or things becoming better in a much more wider sense. It's nice to have some of those as well. Say, other than just um, certain unnamed figures getting um, slightly richer. Yeah. Like only slightly though. So you know. well, they're already super rich. So yeah. <laughs> we ignore that part. <laughs> um, bringing it back to football though. I was going to yes. say, alongside Qatar, there was Ecuador as well, and they missed yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. They definitely yeah. deserve to be in a shot. They were unlucky to be in such a tough group. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say out of Senegal and Netherlands which one I would have Ecuador swap with, because I don't want to swap with either. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, to be thing like, when Netherlands beat Senegal in that first game, they were in pole position, because they beat a good team. Yeah. Um, other than Brazil, they were the only other team in that first round of games to beat another good team like, uh, and do it in a tough game. Like Brazil yeah, yeah. very easily overcame Serbia, uh, whereas I feel like uh, the Netherlands were tested in that game against uh, Senegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was an even game. And I think a lot of credit has to be given to Louis van Gaal, um, mm. the old fox uh, you know, there's a reason why he's such a respected figure in world football, and it's basically you've, it's all on display in yeah. this World Cup. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, uh, he is the man. <laughs> yep, no, definitely. Yeah, and uh, Netherlands are looking really good, and it's yeah, he's got them well oiled. Yeah, and the the player like I don't think the Netherlands players are necessarily in much better than. The Senegalese players were, I think, playing stuff because Senegal don't have money. That was about even between yeah, the yeah. two teams. But you know, and I think uh, Papa Sisi Diop is a very good coach. Uh, yeah. But he uh, isn't Louis Van Gaal, you know, with like <laughs> 150 years of you know, however long he's been around <laughs> experience. Yeah, how many hundreds well, of years of experience he's got? Yeah. Yeah, at World Cups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the uh, first one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there at 1930 and like, yeah. <laughs> Feels that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does feel that way sometimes. Um, but jokes aside, we, it would be very fitting for him to get another deep, deep run in this tournament. Yeah. Um, he would be well deserving of it. Um, so yeah, not just my Holland uh, team uh, colors I'm playing on here. I think a lot of people genuinely hoping for like a good result for him, I'd especially in his health issues that he's gone through as well. Yeah, 
I, t I mean, other than the fact that I really want him to not make it through the next game, because spoilers, it's versus Argentina. Um, yes. Yeah, I would... I would also be happy if you had a deep run. I'm just also not going to be happy because it's my team. But um, yeah, yeah, from a more personal point of view, because it's yeah, it'd be nice for the Netherlands to go deep. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we can, after our review of the group games we can uh, because of the our recording issues we did do a preview of every single knockout game in the bracket yeah. um spoiler warning um the, the we're correct about the games we thought about so far yeah, yeah. um because we've, we've had to re-record this today um yeah. let's say it's not too bad other than people will go oh yeah predicting after the game happens that's really easy but yeah i think we were both reasonably correct with the two games today. The Netherlands yeah. easily accounting for USA. I think we both sort of didn't really feel USA had anything in it. Um, and then Argentina, Australia. Argentina winning, but also not quite as comfortably. I think we both sort of thought lost Argentina should win. Like, Australia was going to be potentially be a, a, a tougher match because, yeah. because of the way the Australians were playing. And they showed yeah. it in the game as well. They are playing as a team, they're playing with heart, they're playing with pride. And yeah. whilst Argentina didn't take it easy, once they got two goals up, there was a little bit of that complacency sort of started the creeper. That's just the touch. Um, which did allow Australia a little bit of a glimmer, but not much. So, so yeah. Australia could have stolen the, almost stolen the 2-2 draw at the end of the game in the last... Like literally would have been the last yeah. kick of the game. Literally, the if Australia hadn't, con uh, if Matt Ryan hadn't conceded that very soft goal. Oh yeah. We would be maybe talking about penalties in this game. Like I told you that yeah. we uh, we had said that we thought penalties was a very likely possibility in this game because of the yeah. way Argentina play and the Socceroos had the tools to defeat a very flawed Argentine team. Yeah, exactly. Um, in a particular way, and they did play that way. Individual player errors happen. That is yeah, yeah. the nature of the game. And uh, Lionel Messi got the first goal was basically you know Lionel Messi doing Lionel Messi things. Very much so. And, like it was classic Lionel Messi. Like everything about it. So even potentially classic Argentine um, attacking flair of Lionel Messi, since the last touch before Messi took a shot got it to take a shot was probably just a missed touch by the other player it just happened to be yeah. messy in the right place he was like nope that was a pass to me and i will score yeah all is planned exactly i mean i feel a bit bad that the commentators were talking about how oh this is much like the 86 team it was basically maradona and a bunch of his mates he could have picked any 10 other people <laughs> i feel like the 86 argentine team do not get the respect they deserve and this no. team Definitely don't de don't deserve that level of like uh, <laughs> shit talk. I think there's some very good players in this Argentine team. Oh. They're very they know how to play around Messi now. Yes, exactly. Okay, they're all very good players, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not Messi and ten other people who are there for the ride. Like it's Messi and ten other really good players who know how to play with Messi in the side and can. Like, leave him over there to do his own thing, and he'll just drag defenders away, and they'll be like, hey, you've sent two or three people to deal with Messi. Cool. We'll run right through the rest of you then. Yeah. You, you can't really do that, but at the same time, you can't not do that, because if you don't spark him, we're going to create space for him and give him the ball, and he's going to wreck you guys, so... Yeah. Also, like, in Argentina, it is part of the football culture to have a team built around one person who goes yeah. on... Like the triquista, it's an Argentinian thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think the the it looks a particular way, and I, let's be fair, Diego Maradona liked spreading that narrative. Yeah. Uh, that he <laughs> carried that team into that. There's a difference between carrying a team into a World Cup and you and ten of your mates did it. Yeah. Like the way it's uh, portrayed in the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think you're right. The, the 86 team should get a lot more credit than just being Maradona and 10 other 10 of his mates just there for the ride. Like they yeah. also had things to do and needed to um, yeah. perform as well. So yes, and that team also kind of. Uh, gets a bit of a bad rap because the 1990 team is arguably better than them in many ways. Yeah. Like man to man, like it has players like Claudio Canigia playing. Um, and like they're a more uh, complete, quote unquote, complete team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't win a World Cup. And I think like for... For football hipsters, they will go, you know, to show your credit as football hipsters, you go, oh yeah, but this 90 team was better, um, so they have to, like, figure, you know, they have to diss the 86 team, other than Maradona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, and the common man just thinks that, you know, because, you know, Diego says so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course Diego would say so. I mean, yeah. I mean, we love the man, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he says shit like this all the time. Yeah. He, I mean, he was... He is... Remember yeah, when he didn't want to put Lionel Messi in his team in the 99, uh, 2010 World Cup? Yeah. Yes, And he was I coach? Remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember why as well, because he doesn't want... He didn't want Messi... Because everybody was saying Messi was the new Maradona. And so then to prove that he wasn't, he didn't pick him for a bit there. Yeah. Look how that, well that worked out for him. I know, I know. Like, this is why I'm sorry, RG fans, and th this might mean there's certain neighborhoods in Bangladesh I just can't walk down anymore. Pele is the GOAT, okay? That's all there is to say about it. Yes, yes. No, I do agree that Pele is, is the GOAT. And yeah, being Argentine fans... Like, you can argue all you want about who's the best football player in the world. If we're arguing about who's the best football player to, in terms of international career, it's Pele. Okay? There is no close contest about this. He's the greatest player to have played international uh, at the international stage. But, but Maradona got picked for player of the century. It was Maradona. Therefore, yeah. whatever. That was, but to be fair, that was Maradona's argument. <laughs> Yeah, the people's champion. He's the people's champion, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they renamed that. No, FIFA gave made him um, player of the century at the turn of the century. So he was the player of the 1900s. Um, and then, but it was very much FIFA being FIFA. Um, it was like, other than the awarding of the last two World Cups, it was perhaps the most FIFA thing FIFA's ever done. Um, but then they fifa'd it up even more by then changing it later to be the players, or the, the people's player of the century, as opposed to the player of the century. So, you know, you can imagine that made both Pelé and Maradona at different times um, their own personal brand of, of angry. Yes. Which just made things more fun between the two of them as well. And just, Absolutely. You know, and just, Maradona was always the more outspoken of those two. Yes, because at first, there was a point where Pele just felt bad for Maradona and stopped. Oh. Yeah. Carry, like, stopped giving the narrative, stopped stoking the fires. Yeah. Right? Like, especially after Maradona had his health problems. Like, Pele mm. was just like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, it's not yeah. that important. It, Which is also, again, this is why he's the GOAT. <laughs> oh, no. Pele was definitely the nicer of the two as in terms of a human being. So there could be a bit to say that the two of them the two of them appeared to actually be friends. And it's yeah. sort of unsure at some point whether some of it's just them playing up to the media or not. Because they yeah. were like when Maradona like, started off, Pele was his, his mentor. Like he yeah. he actually spent time with Pele and Pele like talked him through stuff and then then there's a bit where they have a falling out because I can't remember if Pelé said something or Maradona said something and the other one was like, hey man, like, that's not cool. And then they had the beef, but then at some different points they'll show up on the same TV shows or like hang out with each other and be like, oh hey, like, we're actually... Like nice. Bowser and Mario, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are they friends or not? Nobody yes. knows. 
Like, and just randomly be like real friendly to each other without any real prompting. Like, like yeah. Like that's not a time. Like you know, this doesn't seem to be a show that you put on to be friendly to each other just because you know you're forced in the same room and had to attend the same awards dinner. This is something completely different. In fact, at the awards dinners, you guys are like putting tacks at each other just for the fun of it. Like, yeah, I mean, like, we know Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo are friends in real yeah. life. Like, there was a point where Ronaldo just went, look, I don't know him. There's no personal issues. Like, we only have a professional relationship. So, you know, and he was just like, we have a really good rivalry. And that's pretty much where he left it. And you can imagine Cristiano Ronaldo's probably a bit, had a few, like, things about, oh, why does Lee... Lionel Messi get all this craze and stuff. I'm like just as good, and like we can yeah. believe that. But also, I, Cristiano Ronaldo seems to be the sort of person who can compartmentalize that to being like, but that's not Messi's fault. That's everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and you know, the fact that his son is like a hardcore Messi fan shows yeah. that he doesn't hate Messi, right? Like that yeah. would be. That's and the his guy son. And his dad, uh, you know, his son loves him, you know, like, yeah, yeah. he's a real daddy's boy, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he thinks Messi's better. Like, that's all <laughs> you need to know, that there isn't a feud between the two of those those two. Exactly. And that that is the story I love the best about those two. <laughs> so, yeah, Ronaldo's son's like, Messi's the greatest, he's the best soccer player ever. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, like, you know, the first time he met Leo Jr., he was just like, oh, yeah... Do you know your dad's the best football player ever? And it's just, you know, Leo doesn't, you know, at that point he was too young to give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, that's just the greatest. And, like, I think it was one of those Ballon d'Ors where it was obvious that, uh, uh, that Messi was going to win, so Cristiano just showed up, you know, to show his face, sort of thing. Yeah, but he yeah. was, uh, oh, yeah, please, like. My son really likes you, <laughs> you know, and like, I think even Messi was kind of like, I'm not too sure about what, you know, we have all this media der derived feud. I don't know how seriously you take it. Oh, you don't take it seriously at all. This is obvious. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Like, uh, so it's one of those things that we love about the Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi feud. Like, Cristiano Jr. is like the person who makes them friends. Yeah. <laughs> Such a wholesome story. It's so wholesome. <laughs> anyway, should we get back to round of 16 games? Round of 16. The actual football talk. Yeah, actual um, football. But... But for real, we have uh, had we've had an incredible days of uh, day of play so far, and mm -hmm. uh, the round of 16 promises to throw us a few more cur uh, few more as we progress further in. Now, we uh, as I said, we did predict that uh, uh, that the Netherlands were going to beat the U.S. and I think we predicted two 0 so three one is about right. Yeah. And we predicted Argentina would... We wouldn't be surprised if Argentina lost one by three goals or if uh, they lost by a goal. Um, they yeah. won by a goal, um, but that's within what we would have predicted, so... Hmm. Netherlands-Argentina, repeat of the 78 final and, of course, the 98 quarterfinal, yeah. where Dennis Bergkamp scored that incredible goal. Yeah. And the Netherlands went on that incredible run. Um, yeah. So we, uh, it's, there's, Argentina are like the South American team that has the most number of European rivals. Like, obviously <laughs> Argentina has a rivalry with Uruguay and Brazil, but Brazil's rivals are all local, right? That's Argentina, yeah. it's Uruguay. Everybody in South America wants to beat Brazil, but I don't think Brazil considers like, for example, Colombia to be a rival, right? No, I don't no, no. know. I don't know if they do, like feel free to let me know but I, when I talk to Brazilians I don't think they, they question like yeah Uruguay and uh, Argentina they're like oh yeah yeah we gotta take this seriously um, <laughs> and like the other European sides they're like yeah they're good teams we you know but they're not rivals like Argentina yeah. Argentina fans Holland fans rivals Argentina England rivals yeah. Argentina Germany rivals, rivals. Uh, 
And then in South America itself, Argentina obviously have Brazil. They've got Uruguay and they've got yeah. Chile yeah. as well. I don't think Chile's... Maybe Chile's a bit of a rival with Brazil, but... Maybe more... Not traditionally, but maybe more recently. Yeah. And even, like, Argentina rivals with Australia. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, I mean, well, that happens because... Because they're Argentina. Hey, because they're Argentina. But, I mean, listening like, this morning that came up in the game, like, there's a reasonably storied history of games between Argentina and Australia. Because yes. Australia invited them to play in their bicentenary, like, was it 86, 87, 88? When it was. Yeah. And then beat them when Argentina were railing, reigning world champions with Maradona and the team. And Australia beat them. Um, and that's the only time yeah. Australia's beaten Argentina. But then they nearly knocked them, nearly got Argentina not to go to the 94 World Cup because they had to have yes. a um, home and away um, yes, qualified and against. Did. And I believe they drew in Argentina and then they came home to Australia and they just narrowly lost. I think, if I remember correctly, um, Maradona was recalled to the side for that game. So he came yes. and won the game for Argentina, basically. Yes. So yeah, um, so that's how that rivalry occurs. Yeah, that, that they've got a rivalry with Australia, and Australia has a rivalry with Uruguay, so they do have, like, previous, yeah. uh, you know, rivalry. They do have South American rivals nearby. Um, I think Argen there's a one-sided rivalry Mexico considers Argentina to be a rival. I don't know if Argentina considers Mexico to be a rival. Yeah. Um, so there are rivals on the continent. Of, you know, other teams that are like, ah, oh, Argentina, we're a great rival. And Argentina's like, we're not rivals, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, we have heaps of rivals, and even I don't think you're a rival. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the equivalent of the Bangladeshi cricket team. Like, because Bangladesh fans are like, we're, we have this long rivalry with Pakistan and India. And you're like, okay, and Sri Lanka. You're like, I get it. Also, Afghanistan. What? Why? <laughs> and Nepal. What? They're not even at the side. <laughs> Why are we ri and Hong Kong too? What? Why are we rivals with everybody? Just, just everybody's our rival. Everyone. We do have a this habit of like beating, kick, uh, knocking England out of World Cups. So can't yeah, yeah. Uh, can't argue with that. No, no. Uh, but they're not a rival. That's that's. <laughs> Uh, let's get that straight, though. Uh, but yeah, Argentina back-to-back -back two rivalry games. They beat Australia, and mm. now they get to face uh, the Netherlands. How do you see that game going? Uh, as I say, it's it's gonna be tough. Um, it's Messi versus LVG, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I have to put, I have to put the money on Argentina. I think it Messi did go is... into penalties last time in 2014. Yeah. Where Louis Van Gaal famously said it's a, it's a it's always lottery after even though he said the round before that he's a genius for figuring out uh, penalty <laughs> shootouts. Uh, oh, Louis, Louis, <laughs> that Louis, is yeah. Louis. classic Louis. <laughs> classic Louis. Now we, I think we had a. So moving on to the next game. So these are the Tuesday games. Um, just because this is the way the bracket's been set yeah, up yeah. on Google. Um, Japan, Croatia, and Brazil, South Korea. I think Japan can beat Croatia. I think Croatia play a, like a, this was. The, I'm just paraphrasing what I said in our previous recording. I think yeah. Croatia are Spain 2.0. Yeah. They play. They like to have the ball, and they like to pass around in many, many circles. I think their attack is slightly better than Spain's, and they are more experienced than Spain are. But yeah, this yeah. is the, if Japan can beat any team in a knockout round, it's Croatia because that's the style of team they want to face. Yeah, and they are a bit more aged. Um, um, so when Br Japan inevitably brings on their quick boys in like the second half. Yeah. who are fresh and like attack with pace, that that will cause Croatia problems. Whether they can score is another question, but yeah. Um, if Japan can defend on the high line sooner, I think, think if they do that against Croatia, they will cause Croatia problems. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you completely. Like, this is... Of the options Japan, you know, technically could have had, this was definitely... The best one for them. Um, 
So, or a I team think... like Croatia was the best one for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I see Japan, Japan winning this one. I think yeah. we were predicting 2-1, like their German and, and Spain games, so... Yes. Yeah. So I, I think I'd stick with that. 2-1 to Japan. 2-1 to Japan. Um, yeah, I agree. And the next game, South Korea, Brazil. <laughs> South Korea's done really, really well to get here, and I will yeah. say, Brazil are not a flawed team. They have many good players, and they lost... I know they lost their game against Cameroon, but they were resting players, and they were giving yeah. everybody a chance. And so Brazil have also got a loss out of their system where they didn't play bad against Cameroon. Cameroon didn't dominate them and then get no, away no. with, like, one goal. They played well. They just couldn't get a goal. They kept trying. Um... Uh, Neymar, in theory, could be back for this game. I would feel yeah. very bad for Neymar if he were to be injured and Brazil get knocked out. Yeah. Another three World Cups in a row where he has to sit out while Brazil are knocked out of the tournament. That, yeah. Uh, that would be harsh for him. I mean, all yeah. things aside, and I mentioned this in the previous podcast, Neymar is the last top-level flair player. In yeah. the world, there are yeah. other players who have flair and use it. He is a flair player, like a flair. He can't lose that flair and be as good as he is. Yeah. Uh, so, and if Neymar plays, obviously, I think Brazil are gonna win just because he does Neymar things. Yeah. Um, that being said, they can win without Neymar. I think if Richarlison is back, um, and I think Richarlison has his scoring boots on. Son Hyun Min is an incredible form. Oh, um, amazing. I'd love to see, love to see a game. Which was, this game could go gangbusters. Both sides just attacking, attacking like a basketball game. Like just yeah, yeah, yeah. going back and forth against each other with Son and Neymar getting, getting the team into great attacking positions. Um, I think Brazil defend really, really well though. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so do South Korea. Um, but I could even see a high scoring game. But I'm going to go... I, I'm going to go Brazil, uh, but I think a uh, high-scoring, uh, close game, so 4-3 Brazil. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think I go with you. Like, the Brazil team that lost to Cameroon was clearly their C team. Like, they yeah. they, say they rested. There was only two players that had played that stayed in the squad, in the team, in the starting 11 um, from the Swiss game. I say Clearly, Neymar was injured as well, so he's out. Um, Ricardo didn't play that game. What's that? I think the team that played Cameroon, the Brazilian team that played Cameroon, if they were picked to play South Korea, South Korea would beat them. That would, yeah. like... But it's very oh. unlikely that it happens. No questions. Yeah. So, and I think a Brazil team with Neymar in it, and, you know, the the, the A Brazil team, like all their top players uh, are fit and ready to go, Brazil easily beats the South Korea team. But yes. say not sure whether Neymar's back. Um... Uh, or others may be a bit questionable as well, so we may get a B, a B plus team, in which case it, as you say, it could be quite a shit because Son is in amazing form. He is almost, almost literally single-handedly dragging the South Korea team as far as he can. Um, obviously, there's lots of other good players there that are doing things, but like the the goal that put them into the that beat Portugal and got them through this far. That was Sun running the length of the field through all the Portuguese, getting crowded out, still holding the ball, still finding the, the perfect pass to his support player who just had a free shot of goal. It was like, that was Sun all the way. So, yeah, and he could do that as well. He could just create moments of brilliance, you say, and keep um, career in the game. So, I think I go through that Brazil wins. Um, and with you, that's going to be close, and that there's going to be goals. They say yeah. both teams defend quite well, so it may just be that there's lots of really good chances, and they don't quite get there. Um, but I think there's at least three goals in this game, if not four, or as you say, five, six, seven. So I don't think I'll quite go as high. I might stick with the two-one, but it it could easily be more. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, like, uh, just as a shout out to Brazil, um, just because we have been showing them a bit of love, I think, does any team in international level have so many storied jersey numbers as Brazil? 
Like, Argentina, it's the number 10, right? Number yeah, 10 yeah. is the jersey you want. It's got players like, obviously, Maradona, uh, Passarella, uh, uh, Messi, Riquelme. Yeah. The, yeah, these incredible number 10s that they've always had. Um, it, and Brazil, that number 10 is arguably even more storied. There's Pele, there's, uh, there's Zico, there's... Uh, Ronaldinho and yeah. Neymar. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the only time they didn't have an iconic number nine and number ten and won a World Cup is in '94 because Babeto wore number seven and Romario wore number eleven. And the Brazil right. number yeah. eleven jersey, the Brazil number nine jersey is iconic. It's Ronaldo, well, like it's Richarlison. Yeah. It's um, uh, the. Uh, had uh, Ronaldinho back in the day at number, oh, yes. or number no Ronaldinho was number 10 yeah yeah um, it's got uh, it had uh, this is why I remember you and I were saying like oh Joe's not even worthy of wearing his uh, Kareka at the 86 World Cup and obviously yeah. Pele wore number 9 when he first came on into the team yeah yeah so yeah. there you go uh, and then you've got the number 2 jersey for Brazil with players like Cafu Carlos Alberto, Danny Alves, Mike Con. <laughs> so like, you know, being the right back of Brazil is a big thing. Like you're yeah. you've got epic heritage to live up to, you know, <laughs> if you're playing. So this is why Yeah, and Brazil uh, yeah, Pele, two two positions where he's like incredible and two jersey numbers he's made iconic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah. Um Moving on to the next game, France-Poland. You and I famously disagreed about this game. You yes. thought the French were going to get through. I was worried about camp problems, and I picked yeah. Poland to get through. Yeah, no, as, as I said, um, yeah, French World Cup problems in Doesn't camp. Doesn't matter what sport. Doesn't matter what sport. That's that's just standard fear. Like, there is nothing unusual here. It's like, so, what's, what's your point? That you already had said that by saying the French team at a World Cup. Like, it's, it's yeah. you know, surplus to requirements then to say, and they're having internal problems. Like, it's just standard. Um, no, I think I agreed with you that this would be a very close game, but I think the French team's just... has more more game winners across the park, and more... They're looking slightly better. Poland is very good, and they're very good defensively. Um... But it's Lewandowski up front, and that appears. I mean, we are talking a you know a world class player, like a ridiculously good player up front to be like, oh, yeah, and Lewandowski. But that is their their front player. Um, that's the, the where the chances are coming. That's where the goals are mostly coming from. Well, France at least has a little bit of a spread there to be like, we we have other options. So yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the case. Um, now I, the it's just uh, the thing. Like I know what you're saying about France. They, but the the thing is, I've noticed a pattern with France. The they are the World Cup where there's problems, but they win the World Cup. The one after when they have problems, inevitably, uh, they don't tend to win. No. So <laughs> the there's a but they have made it to the round of 16 so you that's know. true that does go against the grain of history I have I must admit <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah they're having problems it's really the one where things are actually more problematic than others but they did make it to the round of 16 and you know they they topped their group as well so the other thing is I think Poland are gonna be their first genuine decent side they're gonna face so, I mean, yeah, Poland is definitely going to be a bit more of a, a um, challenge for them. And definitely uh, going to be a team with much stronger defence. Like, the Polish um, Polish defence through the, the round, the group phases, was looking very solid. Yes. And I do think that uh, for uh, when it's said and done, the... Uh, the Polish team are better than Tunisia, so they would have watched 
that game against Tunisia and seen the potential weaknesses on that French side. Yeah. The French team were not a beat that much of a B team when they played against the team that played against Tunisia. No, I guess not. Compared to the the Brazilian team genuinely was just giving everybody in the squad a yeah, chance. Yeah. To play. It was yeah, I say it was literally nine players rotated. There was only two players that started the previous match. It was yeah, literally everybody gets a turn. Yes. And I think good. Oh no, it was good for them. Like and it was clearly a good idea like let's get everybody out there make sure everybody's got a little bit of game time they can they had the luxury pretty much because they had a reasonable goal difference on Switzerland anyway so the likelihood of losing top spot was low so it meant yeah for Brazil get the other players out give them some game time and also yeah here's your chance because you know playing in the Brazilian national team is an achievement in itself like you have to fight for yeah. that and so at a, World Cup, at a World Cup, no less. So it's like, have your chance, what can you do? Yeah. Why should we be picking you in the next game? Yeah. And I think all the starters were like, yeah, now you know why we're the starters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, so moving on from that, what scoreline are you predicting for France? I'm predicting a 1-0 to Poland. Um, I think I'll stick with the 1-0, but it's France. That's so 1-0 France. All right. Next up, England-Senegal. You and I were both in agreement here. England always choke when they play a good team. Yeah. Major tournament, like when they play their first good team. Like if they have a good start and they've made it through. This is the um, time they're going to choke. Yeah, and Senegal are a good team. Senegal are a very good team. Uh, I predicted a 2-0 to Senegal, I think they without Mane have shown they're still good they're well yeah. coached um, very unlucky to lose against the Netherlands and but did the business against every other team impressive against Ecuador so they've beaten a good team as well yeah yeah exactly um, I can't remember what score I gave but I'm pretty happy with the 2-0 I think that seems about right maybe 2-1 um, with a late goal from England that might give them a bit of hope but yeah 2-0 Senegal 2-0 Senegal Next up, we have the um, the games that are going to be played on Wednesday. So these are tomorrow night games: France, Poland, and England, Senegal. Um, the tomorrow morning. Game, tomorrow morning. Um, uh, this being recorded on Sunday night, New Zealand time, to yeah. ni roughly 9:15 p.m. At um, this point in time, yeah. Now the next two games we have uh, Morocco, Spain, and Portugal, Switzerland. Uh, yeah. That's, those are an incredible set of matches for the Wednesday. Yeah. Now, you and I, I think, controversially, question mark, predicted 2-1 <laughs> Spain. Sorry, 2-1 Morocco. 2-1 Morocco, yes. I think that, yeah. We said, I think we can rehash, but we thought it was good. It's going to be very close. Um, but Morocco is fast. Um, they've got quick players. They can have watched... The Japan-Spain game from just the other night, and seeing exactly how Japan did it, and they can replicate that, that possibly better. So, yeah, it, it seemed like Spain has firepower, but Morocco should be able to deal with that and should be able to counter it quite easily. So, uh, yeah, a two-one victory. Not afraid, yeah, Morocco are not afraid of a team like Spain that kind of want to pass their way into a goal like you yeah know, yeah pass net, almost i think that was our argument as well like spain's potentially almost 100 percent idealistic in their gameplay um yes and yeah and that's probably not going to help here because they possibly don't really have the players at the moment to do that like nearly but not quite yeah yeah I think next World Cup they will be incredible, and I think there yeah. will be a few more players coming up through their systems because they just Spain produce good players. They have good, oh, yeah. good grassroots and good systems set up. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say that I'm surprised if Spain win because no. Spain are a good team, uh, and they are obviously also going to. Yeah, Luis Enrique is a good manager. They will have learnt from mistakes. 
in the yeah. previous round. So but that game's going to be incredibly fun to watch, incredibly interesting. Um, yeah. One of those chess on grass games where you're going to see everybody set up their pawns, set up the, the knights, and then when is the queen coming out? Are the is there going to be a queen gambit? You know, yeah, yeah. Ball and then push forward to break up the lines as you change into a higher line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or are you going to castle early? Gonna... <laughs> um, then we've got the Portugal versus Switzerland. Um, Portugal, I think, uh, what, uh, you know, they were obviously they won two games, but they didn't necessarily play their best in both games. And Switzerland oh. were quite easily the best team in their group, second best team in their group. Yeah, yeah. With Brazil, I think luckily, as much as we felt bad for. Uh, Cameroon, I think Switzerland deserved to go through. Um, yeah, Kiri in great form for them, and the team yeah. playing all playing really, really well. Um, now, but what the uh, Portuguese coach does um, uh, before the tournament, uh, before the match, uh, hard to say. Um, the they have they they're basically saying they're going to treat that loss as a learning experience, which I think is going to help them. Yeah. Um, Bruno is on fire. Yeah. Uh, so, whew, I think yeah. it's one of those things like because the dream of a Messi Ronaldo final is still available, gotta yeah. pick Portugal. Gotta pick Two Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to continue picking Portugal whilst that dream's alive because, yeah, that yeah. is perhaps the best storyline that could possibly be. Um,. And the other thing is that, yes, well, Switzerland's a very good team, and they've been playing very good football. In the end, Portugal has Ronaldo. And yes. if there's going to be a differentiator in this game, it's going to be him. Um, even if it's just him sitting there and doesn't do a lot. As we said, he's the alligator in the bathroom. Like yes. Switzerland have to have a plan to deal with him, and Portugal have got enough quality elsewhere that, same with Messi as talking earlier, like, you can... Go Mark, Ronaldo, but the rest of the team is good enough to to swarm, you know, to make take advantage of the the man differential. So you have to put at least two men, if not three, on Ronaldo, stop him doing anything, and then the rest of the team will just run through the rest of the team. So you know, all the you don't have enough players to deal with that. So you've got to have a plan for it, uh, and you've got to. He's always just going to be there, and to me, that's the differentiator, and it's you know. He's going to win the game for Portugal in some way. And so, yeah. I don't know if it'll be 2-0. I think Switzerland are good enough for a goal. And perhaps this is another one where there's a high-scoring goal. Because both teams are showing that they can score goals. And they have been in some high-scoring games. You know, backwards and forwards and things. So, essentially, this is a 3-2 sort of scenario. 3-2? Alright. Mm. I like it. I like it. Um, just a side note, Bruno Fernandes. Two goals, two assists this tournament so far. Yeah. Oh, he's exactly. having an outbinder. He is. He really is. Um, yeah, so that's just to um, go through our predictions again. Um, so Netherlands, Argentina, we uh, I, we didn't want... Did we want to make a prediction on that? Or are we saving that for later on? Uh, uh, let's save it for later on. So we will do a, a quarterfinal preview yep. when we get to that point. Oh. Alright, so Japan, Croatia, we predicted a 2 1 Japan. Yep. Um, Brazil, South Korea, we both picked high scoring. I picked 4 3 Brazil, but you also picked. Were you going with like a 2 0 Brazil or something like that? I was going with maybe, uh, maybe a 3 1. I think South Korea would be a 1 3 1 Brazil. Um, France, Poland, we both went the other way from each other. 1 0 each uh, Poland for me and 1 0 France for you. Yeah. England, Senegal, we're both predicting a 2-0 Senegal. Yeah, yeah. Potentially 2-1, but let's go 2-0 yeah. for Senegal. Morocco, Spain, we're predicting a 2-1 for Morocco over Spain. Yep, that's what we're predicting. And Portugal, Switzerland, you were predicting a higher scoring game. You're going 3-1, I'm going 2-0 to Portugal. Yeah. Nice, nice. Alright, fingers crossed this one records this time. <laughs> Um, looking good. Um, oh, before we go, do we want to just... Um, also, I don't know if you saw... We were talking about Palais earlier. Um, 
yes, yes. is in palliative care now, so it's looking like it may be the end of the line for for Pele. Yeah, sad, sad news yeah. to hear the legend as um, uh, is in ill health. Uh, so he's been moved to palliative care uh, because of his battle with cancer. Yeah. Um, Sounds like the the treatment stopped um, having an impact. Like he's not responding to that that treatment anymore. So he's had yeah going to palliative care. Yeah. I mean, he's 82 years of age. Um, it's unfortunate that he's had to have a health scare at such a uh, late age. But mm. I don't know the details in and out about the type of cancer and things like that that he's going through. I think it's so colon cancer, but it's maybe something else, but I'm pretty sure it's colon cancer. Oh, yeah. he had a colon tumour removed um, last year. So it's Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Related to that, um, it does look like potentially... Um, so he's had a remission, unfortunately. Yeah, it looks like it's it spread. They didn't get all of it, and it spread throughout. And he was on chemotherapy, um, but sad day. Uh, newspapers over in um, Sao Paulo have reported that um, that has not. The latest rounds of that have not shown signs of working. So the doctors have put him on palliative care. So we wish him the best. Um, Obviously, no one can live forever, but you know, oh. hopefully he's comfortable and he's got family around him who yeah. are taking care and like saying their last, having their last moments with him. Yeah. And he can and definitely live forever in our hearts. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if he was from before our times, like it's still, still one of the greats. Absolutely. And yeah, he'll always be the goat to me. Yeah. Even though I never watched him play in real life. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's definitely. I think. I could, sometimes I like to think Maradona was. Is better, but in reality, when I think about it, it's Pele. Pele's first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I say once again, having not actually seen him, other than highlights, um, you know, on YouTube or, or things like that. That yeah. it just. His, the way he is spoken of, the way he does had spoken, and, and as we're just his general gameplay. Yeah, seems like it and was just so magical. Absolutely, and you know he broke. Brazil were known as the chokers of world football, and he yeah. led the, their first title. Well, not led them. He was a 17-year-old in that team, but he scored a bunch of goals for them. Yeah, yeah, and the um. Yeah, there's, he is credited with changing the mindset of Brazilian football, where they were they were very like um, they very much wanted to be seen as gentlemen and like technical players, and yeah. they wouldn't go into the dirt and play hard. But Pele was never afraid to kick you if you kicked him. Yeah, so, and he would get into positions and. Uh, get those goals and get those assists. Um, yeah, could play basically anywhere uh, from the midfield to the forward line. Yeah. Um, and you're in when they had the uh, 50th anniversary of the Ballon d'Or, FIFA did a honorary board to give uh, people who did not qualify for the Ballon d'Or to be like, okay, on these years, these players who were not playing in Europe and not European would yeah. have. You know, there would have been strong contenders. They don't, they're not taking anything away from any other players. They're just saying these guys would have definitely been contenders, so we should just give them an honorary Ballon d'Or. Yeah. So Maradona has two of them for 1990, 1986. Daniel Passarella has one. Um, the great Garincha has one. Romario uh, for that performance in 1994. Yeah. Uh, when Brazil won a World Cup. Um, has been offered one. Pele has been uh, uh, has been given eight. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That is him. all you need to know. Yeah. So yeah. like he became the best player in the world when he was 17, and he was the best player in the world until he was 29 years old. That's an incredible run. Yeah. That is crazy. It is really like, crazy to think about. So. Yeah. So. 
We will miss him. Like, he's not gone yet, but he will be missed, and he'll forever be the greatest. Yeah. I think. 100% agree. Uh, I guess on that note, um, thank you very much uh, for listening in, and we look forward to hearing from you next time. Catch you next time. Well, that is the end. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you liked what you heard, be even more. Find Six Four Two Discord and a Buy Me a Coffee. Pretty sure it's Buy Me a Beer. Oh yeah, Buy Me a Beer on BuyMeACoffee.com. In both these places, you can talk to us, and we may even listen. Especially if you do buy a said beer or coffee, I might still be confused. Yes, we're easily bribed. All links are in the show notes below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This is on YouTube. <laughs>